Welcome to Food Friends. I'm Carrie. And I'm Sonia. We met in Los Angeles over 15 years ago as private chefs and haven't stopped talking about food since. We created Food Friends to share our stories and recipes with each other and you. We're so glad you're here. Hi, Sonia. Hi, Carrie. Oh my goodness. This is such a fun episode. We have another food friend. Shannon Sarna, who you just met, have been hearing about for years, is such a dear food friend of mine. She's the founding editor of The Nosher. She's written two cookbooks that are both amazing. The first was Modern Jewish Baker, and she just came out with a new cookbook this year called Modern Jewish Comfort Food. Which is gorgeous. Amazing. And she has a Sicilian-American and an Ashkenazi Jewish background, and she really brings both of those influences into her recipes, into her cooking. It's just so fun. And into her cookie boxes, which is something that we spend a lot of time talking about, which is I'm excited to share with our listeners. It is cookie season. It's full on cookie (laughs) season. I really wish I lived within a mile of Shannon so I could sneak in and get one of these boxes. (laughs) Totally. So yeah, I'm excited for everyone to meet Shannon Sarna. Me too. Carrie, I have been dying to introduce you to Shannon Sarna for so long. Shannon and Carrie, I'm so excited to introduce you to. I've heard so much about you, and I'm really excited about this conversation, Shannon. We cannot wait to get into all of your holiday baking and cookie making and your cooking and your books and all the things. That's so nice. It's so nice to meet you. I feel like, in general, people who, you know, like you surround yourself with wonderful people, right? Like most people, Sonia is like the best, one of the best people. I can possibly imagine. So any friend of Sonia's I know must be amazing. Well, I echo that sentiment. So Sonia is, she has such an amazing group of friends and collaborators and always. And so, um, and I've heard about you for so long. So thank you for making time. It really, we really appreciate it. So I want to give a little context, Shannon, about how we became friends and how we've known each other for a long time now, almost like nine years. My very first published article in anything was for Hey Alma, which is a sister publication of The Nosher. And Shannon is the founding editor of The Nosher, which is a Jewish food online magazine. So that editor put me in touch with Shannon and immediately just Shannon took a chance on my pitches and allowed me to share recipes. And it's become such a fun collaboration over the years. Shannon really has built this incredible place for Jewish food in the world. Like it exists online, but it really reaches all over the globe. And what you've built, Shannon, is just so special. In addition to your cookbooks, in addition to what you, you're being a mom, in addition to all the wonderful things you do in the world, you know, the Nasher really is something I'm incredibly proud to be a part of. Yeah, I'm going to go in the other room and cry now. Um, I <laughs> I mean, all that is so nice, but the truth is, is that number one, I was like, why is this lady writing for Alma and not us? Like, she's so talented. Like, scooch her over here, please. And um, what we do, like, we literally couldn't do without your voice, Sonia, and your beautiful writing and your beautiful photos and so much of the content that has spoken to our audiences is because of you. It's been an ultimate joy and honor working with you all of these years. Actually, like, let's forget talking about baking. Maybe Carrie and I should just fell about you. <laughs> no, yes, yes, I love that. I love. I'm gonna yes. go in the other room and cry in a second. So I love the love fest. <laughs> There's a lot of love between the three of us, and now you guys get to enjoy each other. And yeah, we're really here to talk to you, Shannon. Our burning questions are about holiday cookies, because we know you make an incredible cookie box for friends and family. I want to know everything about your cookie box. How many years have you been doing it? Who do you do it with? 
with? Do you audition cookies? I want to know all the things. <laughs> I'm probably going to, I'm going to cry 17 times over in this conversation. First of all, everyone, who doesn't like cookies, right? Cookies is like True. a great equalizer. Crazy people don't like I don't, cookies. yeah, I, Cookies are by far, like, if you have a rating of pie, cake, and cookies, I've realized that cookies are my number one. Totally. And they're they're portable. And you so you don't have to, like, slice a piece of pie or slice a piece of cake and, like, you can wrap it in a napkin. You can eat half of it now and half of it later. It goes in your bag. And portion control. I mean, I'm not all for, like, you know, any diet culture things. But, you know, if you're like, I just want one. But I will disagree and just say that for me, the ranking is definitely... <laughs> Supermarket or Costco uh, sheet cake with frosting. Okay. Number one. Number two is cookies. Yeah. I don't know. <gasps> Why I don't do know. you like a sheet cake? That's so funny. Well, I might also say that ice cream might surpass all three. For- oh, no, really? No. Ice cream is not I on mean, your. Wow. Yeah, the, only one is, the only one is salt and straw. Which is from Portland. I love salt and straw too. Wait, what's your flavor there? One what? or multiples? No, I mean, it's multiples. The la- So we've only ever had it in LA. Half my family is in LA. So our first salt and straw experience was in Los Angeles and I was like I don't even really like ice cream I mean like it's not bad it's just like it's not my it's not my vice of choice I was like this is the most incredible ice cream I've ever had I love malt like I love oh, salted yeah. malted chocolate yeah. chip cookie dough yeah. that's like yeah. I think that's my number one what they do with combining those sweet and savory elements I just think is is absolute so um, when you finally make pilgrimage to Portland which we know will happen one day I'm gonna take you to my favorite ice cream place in the whole world which is called Cloud City because Portland has a couple amazing ice cream places but digressing we have to get back to cookies you make these incredible cookies every year did you have cookie boxes when you were growing up like do you did someone in your family make cookie boxes and that was like your introduction to them my mom's Italian my dad's Ashkenazi Jewish so grown at the holidays like it was full-on Christmas in my house and in my dining room would become the dining room table in my parents house would become overrun with boxes of cookies that people were giving my mom was a pianist and teacher to just get like all of these cookie boxes and we would also make cookie we baked a lot together my, my mom my mom loved to bake so we always made um linzer tarts chocolate chip cookies um you know there were like a couple of standards but the house was overrun with cookies and nobody was mad about it I was not mad about it but also like panettone and pizzelle like all the Italian classics like that was my that was my Christmas upbringing what a dream oh I know it and you know what still to this day my dad has been partnered with somebody who's also Italian clearly he's got a thing for Italians um for like 20 20 years and still you walk in at Christmas time and the dining room is still overrun with all of the Italian cookies and I'm like and then I'm rummaging through to pick out my favorites um my mom passed away when I was 16 and I had been struggling for a long time with how to sort of continue to honor her memory at Christmas which was hard, right? Because she loved Christmas so much. So it was sort of painful. And at the same time, I was sort of figuring out how I felt about my own Jewish identity and where I wanted to fit in. And that can feel very complicated. Finally, I sort of like was like, I'm Jewish and I love Christmas and it's all just fine. And I worked for this philanthropist, Edgar Bronfman, and because he was like, you know, a wealthy man, he had a chef. And she at Christmas made this basket of cookie that was incredible. Every little bite was better than the other one. Some were like, infused with rum and the brownies were made it was just like this whole basket and I well I loved it I just absolutely loved it and that I think was the first year I was like I'm gonna pick back up this cookie tradition and it definitely grew little by little over time and then as I 
had kids, it was really something special that I could do with them. So it really is like an amalgamation of like finding a place in between to like honor my mom's tradition and make something delicious that I loved and all the you know inspiration that I sort of saw along the way. So it, most years what I do is like, that's it. There's cookie weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is, and then I put together boxes for the wonderful women who work at our synagogue office and my husband's office and teachers. And every year I kind of change up which cookies I include, but there's a couple of ones that always have to be included. What are the ones that have to be included? Great question. It's an old recipe from Whole Foods, but it's still online somewhere. They're called chai snowball cookies. They kind of are like like Mexican wedding cookies or like any snowball you find, but they're spiced with all of those like really warm chai spices, cardamom and ginger. So, and they're crumbly sweet. They're just perfect. That's a standard every year. Yes. I love it. You like that one. Do your kids like that one too? They, my oldest daughter for sure likes, likes that one. That's the other part is like, as I had kids, I have three children, 10, six, and three. I had to find ways for them to be included, but like not mess up the cookies. So (laughs) another standard is like, we do a big batch of like sugar cookies and I let them decorate them however they want. And it's sort of, I think, charming to have a little bit of imperfection in the box in the form of a very uniquely decorated cookie that a, you know, a six or a 10 year old did now as my well and you're building that memory that you know it's like you're building their version of, of that experience that you had when you were a kid what you just described is like your mom dining room table that's like full of cookies you're recreating that for your kids but they're involved in that yeah. did your it, mom bake the cookies too or she just received all those cookies it was a it was a combination, a combination. There were ones that, yeah I mean we always she would always make Linzer tarts so we would always make that together there are some years I make Linzer tarts but I like jam thumb print cookies I think those are classic. So, so far it's the chai spice wedding cookies, the sugar cookies that get decorated by your kids. And so thumbprint cookies are part of it too. Thumbprint cookies, they they cycle in and out, but they are one of my favorites. But the one that has to get included is very special because there's a woman who works in the office at our synagogue. Her name is Anita. And she loved this cranberry crumble bar that I made one year. And she said, I love this. This is my favorite. Will you make more for me? And I was like, I mean, ask an Italian Jewish mom to cook for you. Like, yeah, yeah. What do you want? You want to sign a new phone with that? So I make the cranberry crumble bars, which is a recipe from Bake From Scratch magazine. I make it every year for Anita because she loves them. And it's special to me to be able to share that edible gift with you know, somebody who does so much for our community. Can we back up to the cranberry bars that have made such an impression? So what is in them? Is it, are there any nuts in them or just like a cranberry jam or what? I think what's special, well, first of all, who doesn't like like a crumb, crumb topping? You had me at crumb topping. Yes. Um, yes. But does it have nuts in it? No, I don't think it has it doesn't okay. have nuts. It seems like you really don't want nuts to be in there. No, no, I do. I do. Oh. I just made a, a pecan bar that you can put any kind of jam in. I liked the nuttiness of the, the pecans, but also they weren't as crumb crunchy as I wanted them to be. And I don't know if that was because of the pecans or because of the way that I cooked them. So I want to know more about this jam bar. I'm literally like looking up the recipe as we talk, but the I think one of the things that's special about it is that you make a fresh cranberry jam that goes in the bars. And I think what's good about that is like, this is the time of year post Thanksgiving when like people are like throwing cranberries at you, right? Like they're on sale, <laughs> buy two, get 3,000 free. So um, it is a good way to like use uh, cranberries. They're called cranberry streusel bars. There's almond extract in it, but... Um, 
and some almonds on top. So you basically make one dough and you split it in half. And then one serves as like a kind of a cookie base. Then you add the fresh cranberry jam that you can make ahead of time. And then that same dough that serves as a base, you kind of crumble it on top. So the jam kind of peeks through and you get like the crunchy cookie base and a little bit of crumb on top. Feels like, you know, holiday time of year and it's I'm always up for what something that's like perfect with a cup of afternoon tea or coffee. Yeah, it's streusel because who doesn't want like a bar that has like a streusel topping or a muffin with a streusel topping, you know? So I have a question. I mean, cranberry anything for me too. I feel like there's not enough cranberry desserts. I've definitely started looping in cranberry curd pies into my life because mm-hmm. I feel like you want acidic especially after holiday meals, which can be so starchy and so heavy. I feel like having bright cranberry bursts always balances it out. But I'm really curious, is there any recipe you've tried that you're like never going to make again? Or is there a cookie that you're like, you added to the box where you're like, that's not worth the effort. I'm never doing this again. That's a hard question. Hmm. Is there one that I would never do? I'd have to go back to the archives and think about it. I think like having one that's balanced and looks beautiful is, you know, sort of important. Although I don't want to overemphasize that like in feed into Instagram culture, like perfect is the enemy of the good. But um, sometimes when I feel like there's too much of a discrepancy of like, you have a small cranberry bar, and you have a small little Hanukkah shaped cookie, and then you have like a big, big ginger cookie, like it kind of feels off a little bit. So I, I try to have a balance in the box every year. So if I know that I'm gonna do my husband loves these like chocolate mint Oreo brownies, then that's kind of like the chocolate and mint for that box and try to not do anything else that's chocolate and so I kind of do rotate in one chocolatey dessert and that probably changes the most during the year. So I've done like chocolate peppermint crinkle cookies um, yeah. from time to time. That's such a good question. I have to go back and think, what which one did I not put back? When you deliver them, I feel like a mint cookie is amazing for the holidays, but also if that mint cookie stays in the box for a day or two, then everything kind of tastes like mint. So do you ever tell people like eat the mint cookies first or do you set them aside or do you just like give them and let people do with them what they wish? I gotta like give it. I'm like, here you go. Yes. <laughs> it's up to you now. I did all the, I, I I just let them go for it. I do try to like, you know, a lot of people have nut allergies. So I try to like, this box has nuts in it. Heads up. You want to know. I will say one year we did, ooh, what are the, they're not called Beijinhos. What are they called? Um, The Brazilian balls that are made with. Brigadeiros? Um, Brigadeiros. Yes. Yeah. We had the most amazing nanny from Brazil and we did Brigadeiros one year, but I can't make them by myself, so I need Marina to make the brigadero. So that's one that cycled in one year, and we have we haven't made again since. Just Do you know brigaderos, Carrie? Yeah, I I know them not by making them, but I have had them before. They're so delicious. They're like those, like they're almost like chocolate truffly cookie balls that get covered in sprinkles. Oh, I think I'm thinking of something different. Then I pretty traditionally just like chocolate balls, like you make a kind of truffly like substance and then you coat them in usually it's just more chocolate sprinkles, but you could do any sprinkle you want. So you can make them look really festive. They almost taste like a cake pop without the icing. But Shannon, do you do you ship your boxes to anyone? Are they all locally delivered? No, I don't. I don't ship them. This is like a, a fresh treat. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell here, I'll, I'll tell you the two that I don't put in the in the cookie boxes because they're a lot of work and, and they're black and white cookies. They're a a little bit of a pachka, even though I love them. So I tend to make the black and whites in smaller batches. Wait, tell, and, can you tell me why they're – I've never made black and white cookies. So yes. tell me why they're such a – why they're so hard. So it's a misnomer. Black and white cookies aren't really a cookie. They're actually a cake. You're actually really making a cake batter. And then you use a cookie scoop to – scoop out the cake batter onto a baking sheet and then they bake up and they're really like little 
cakes. They're almost like a pedophore in some senses. And then they have to cool and then you ice one side and then you ice the other. So there's just kind of like a lot of steps. There's so many steps, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they're great. And I think they're so much better homemade than they are. You just like go to the random, a random deli, you know, in the New York area for a black and white cookie. You know, the quality will sort of vary a lot more, but at home they're amazing. But if I'm doing a lot of cookie boxes and what my kids now do when I have the cookie boxes is like, they literally like hand them out to random teachers that aren't even their own <laughs> teachers at the school. They're like, I love you, Mrs. Whoever. And just, so I know that I have to like make extra boxes. So the black and whites have been booted and the other one that have been booted are rainbow cookies, even though they're so traditional. Oh my goodness. That was the one I want to ask you about the most. Yes. Because in my childhood, if you saw in a cookie case, the rainbow cookies or sprinkle yeah. cookies, those two are like my heaven. There's something with the yeah. colorfulness and they're like, it's they're, so beautiful. Yeah. And they're in your new cookbook. You have a recipe for them in your brand new cookbook. Yeah. It's called Jewish Comfort Food. And it just came out this fall, Mazel Tov. It's so exciting. And yeah, so, you know, so, and Sonia took the photograph for the cover. I did. The cover is amazing. Wait, but the cover is, is a kugel? The cover yeah. is a kugel. And thank you, Shannon, for that opportunity. It was my first cookbook cover. It was super fun. And we had a whole conversation about which recipe, because you're, you really want to focus on this mac and cheese kugel which is has yes. an ingredient that Carrie and I love to talk about, which is, can you Wait, guess? what's in the kugel? Tell me. Velveeta. Yes. Oh, <laughs> the cheese because, of my childhood. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can make good mac and cheese without Velveeta. Well, I mean, that's what makes it so night. creamy. Right. My daughter, my 10-year-old saw the Velveeta on the couch. She goes, what is this for, mom? And I was like, I made mac and cheese, Ella. Like, I put like this much in. But yeah, it really makes it, it really makes it creamy. You have the rainbow cookies in the new cookbook, but you're saying yes. you don't include them in the boxes. So the the rainbow cookies, like the black and white cookies, are also sort of like a misnomer because they're also actually cake, um, not <laughs> cookies after all. You have to make three very thin layers of the same cake, but dyed three colors. So first you have to weigh everything, portion it out so that you have three even batches of the dough, dye them, bake them in pans, let them cool, add the raspberry jam, cover one side in melted chocolate, let that cool, and then cover the other side in melted chocolate, let that cool, refrigerate it, get a knife, get a cup of hot water, put the knife in the hot water, and then slice everything as evenly as you can. So that's why as much as I love making them, and they are also so good when they're homemade, it just like, if I want to mass produce cookies, um, and I don't have any house elves, I have to choose the ones that are a little bit less work so that I can pump out one. Well, you still give up a whole weekend. Like I, right. right? I'm like imagining it's, do they, all the boxes get delivered on Monday? Like how does that work? I drive them. I send them into school. I drive them around. Yeah. Um, I buy like baker boxes or like I go to this store on the North and the Northeast called Amazing Savings um, and buy some little boxes and tins and stuff. And the fresher, the better. They just nail go out on Monday. Is that your favorite part when you're delivering them and it's like done? I, I made them a couple of years and I remember the feeling of like, Oh, I'm so glad I'm done with this project. I was excited to give them to people. And I was also excited to be like done baking or, but you seem to like baking a lot more than I do. You know what? This is one of the things that like, there's a lot of tasks where like, oh God, I am glad this is over. But this is like a weekend I genuinely enjoy from start to finish. I love 
the planning part of it, right? Like my type A personalities, like plans for weeks, which one am I going to make and my shopping list and the boxes. And then I love listening to the holiday music all weekend and putting on holiday movies. And I really like the whole part of it. Like it all feels meaningful and happy and festive. And especially once I found a way to entertain my kids while I was more fixated on on making everything look beautiful. Um, I enjoy every part of it. I'm happy when I can package up all the boxes and see what that final kind of combination looks like. It's not Pinteresty and it's not in a fancy wooden box with a ribbon. Um, but the joy it must bring to the people like to get yeah. a box of homemade cookies. And when you were talking about the rainbow cookies, it made me think that we should tell the British Bake Off to do that as a technical challenge because it's a really good technical challenge. And I was, I've actually never made them. And before we started talking, I told Carrie, like of all the cookies in Shannon's book, the one I'm most tempted to make is that one. I mean, there's others in your book that look, the yeasted rugelach are beautiful. There's those, um, chocolate walnut swirl cookies. What are those called? Oh, there is a name for them, but I just called them like Israeli swirl cookies or Israeli cafe cookies. Yeah. Is there a favorite cookie from your book? Like the one from all that whole section that you're just making over and over again, or just love, even if you're not making all the time? I think it's those cookies. It's the it's the swirl cookies. I love that dough. It's a very different sort of dough, almost like a rugelach dough, but much, much softer. It's very easy to throw together. It doesn't have to chill a long time. And it's really crumbly. It's like very tender. Oh, it's perfect for afternoon coffee or tea. The history is sort of that it's related to mamul, which is um, a very popular Middle Eastern cookie. And this was like their, this is the Israelis way and the Middle Eastern Jewish way of like kind of making it easier, Less complicated version of mamul, which is traditionally made with like a semolina dough and it, uh, put into this beautiful wooden mold that makes a very intricate design on top. But again, it's, it's a little bit of a pachka. So <laughs> this is like an easier way of like rolling out a dough, filling it with date and walnut, which is the flavors traditionally of mamul and, you know, slicing it up. Uh, it's just quicker. Can I ask a funny non-Jewish question? Yeah, totally. What's a, what's a pachka? <laughs> well, that's a- <laughs> Yes. Is it like, it's just like a pain? That would be a very natural assumption. I love Yiddish because it's almost sometimes like hard to explain it. Because yeah, it doesn't you know it's always like sound like the, like whatever it is in it's Yiddish, how, it's, yeah. on, it's onomatopoeia usually. It's yes. on some yeah. level. The pacha is like, it's like a lot of work is how I would translate it. It's like, oh, it's, oh, it's, oh God. Yeah, I, I think you're not wrong, Carrie, that it's like, you know, a lot of work yes. is kind of a pain. Sonia, what's your favorite Yiddish word? Oh, that's such a good question. Fakakt, probably. <laughs> well, yeah. I will say for me, like... If, if I'm going to apply pachka to my cookie making experience, I read an article years ago. This woman wrote about these cookies that keep her up at night and they were called spoon cookies. And it was this brown butter and you make this dough and then it kind of like rests overnight and then you bake the cookies and they're, it's a sandwich cookie. So you for every cookie, you need two cookies, right? And so she's like, I bake all these cookies and then suddenly there's only half because I've put raspberry jam in between the two of them. And then then the sort of crux of the whole thing is that the cookies are better if they sit for a day or two because this raspberry jam kind of melts into them. And she's like, so that something happens to the texture of the cookie when they've sat for like 24 hours. And I would say like, you know, that was also back in the days when I was working, you know, six, seven days a week and I wanted to do something nice for my clients. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to make cookies and I'm going to deliver them to everyone. I remember just sort of feeling like, I guess I would describe 
describe it as like a pachka. I was like, oh, this is, it's so much work. <laughs> and, and yet I did have, and this is another question for you is like the feedback that you receive from people. But I did have a friend, I made a box of those cookies for her. And then she went on a road trip and got a massage. And she was like, right before I got my massage, I ate one of those cookies. And then the whole time I was getting this massage, I just had the flavor of that cookie in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Now, when I think about that recipe, like that's always the feedback that I think about. So do people call you? Do they email you? Do they stop you at the grocery store? Like what is the feedback? I I think Anita's feedback is the feedback that means the most to me. Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of time this December. So Mm -hmm. I decided I I really wasn't going to have time to do the cookie boxes, which is very sad for me. We're going to do a much lighter version, but I had already decided I'm going to make the cranberry bars. I'm making them for Anita. And like, if it's the only thing I make, fine, but I'm making these bars for Anita. And then last week she emailed me to say, hi, Shannon, like happy holidays. I realized things are just around the corner and I would wanted to ask if you would please make the cranberry bars for me. They're my favorite. And I was like, so touched that we were already in sync. I feel like I'm not getting like, oh my God, everything's so amazing. But I get, you know, nice handwritten notes from my kids' teachers. You know, I, I generally think they probably think I'm the craziest mom that they deal with. So I'm like, thanks for keeping my kids alive. Here, I'm going to stuff you with some cookies. Oh, what? I mean, they're so lucky to have you in their community. I mean, if nothing, well, hello, at least for the cookies, you're proclaiming yourself as a pain in the tuchus. You're so much more than that. (laughs) So this year, tell us like, how how has it been putting out this book into the world? Because it sounds like that's been a big part of why it's been so busy the past few months. A lot of my book events are sort of like in groupings and a lot of people wanted to do stuff before Hanukkah, which makes sense because there's an entire chapter of latkes in this book, which is amazing. I love Hanukkah. I love latke season, but it also means like in the span of two and a half weeks, I have like about 17 events or something. I don't know. It's crazy. So there just really isn't a one solid weekend and enough downtime in my life to to do the cookie boxes. But I'm, I'm already having FOMO, even though it hasn't happened yet. So I might end up pulling it out anyway. I, you my know. goodness. We're going to do sugar cookies. We're doing the cranberry streusel bars for Anita. I just saw um, Gabby Dalkin had a really cute recipe for like blondie bars with red and green M&Ms. So I was thinking, oh, let's order some blue and white M&Ms and do like some Hanukkah blondie bars inspired by her. I do love baking and I really do love sharing. It's really a way for me to, you know, express love through food, which is so Italian and Jewish and Greek and Mexican and whatever, (laughs) you know, it's like, this is how we all show our love through food. So I'm curious for both of you, do either of you have like a new cookie? you want to try this year? Oh, Carrie, what do you think? You know, I am probably not going to bake this year. It's there's <laughs> too much going on. I I don't particularly enjoy baking. It's not it's not really a space that I love and my kitchen doesn't have a lot of counter space. I think that's hard cuz like when you when you're baking cookies, you really need like a place to lay everything out and cool it and then certainly then if you're going to decorate, you, know, you need other space. I don't if you have cats, you have to keep them from climbing all over your cookies. <laughs> that too. Yeah. Yes, right. Which I, I, don't like, have I like set up stuff on like every surface. I'm like putting stuff on bookshelves. I'm like, I think it like baking a little bit more than you. I mean, the the recipe I'm really curious about is Sue Lee, who's an amazing a recipe developer and food stylist, has one in the New York Times this year for like a pistachio shortbread 
with, mm. I think, some other dried fruit and just the colors of it. Like, I love, like, a color. That's why I love the Italian rainbow cookies. Yeah. And, like, yeah. anything with jam, like a thumbprint. I love the blondie idea. I just think that color pops, even though, like, Mexican Wendy cookies and the chai spice ones you describe are, like, delicious and yummy, and I want those, too. I just think yeah. in a cookie box, I'm always looking for something that's just has those pops. The thing that you always go to in a box, Shannon, or Sonia, like, when you receive a box, what's, like, yeah. the, the thing that calls to you? Is it, like, the showy girl or is it like the red dress or is it for me it's like the whatever is like a chocolate or a peanut butter I feel like I'm very pru from Great British Baking Show about this like I look like which one has alcohol inside that's the one that I want. <laughs> <laughs> which is the rum ball Eric Kim has a recipe in New York Times this year which I thought was really interesting uh, for a gochujang um, caramel cookie and I oh. thought that sounded really interesting and you know back to our conversation about salt and straw like people who are able to sort of like combine sweet and savory elements and I'm sure Eric can do it so that one really sounded very interesting to me and I love having um, Korean American flair into a holiday cookie like feels very relatable for me with you know multiple identities and finding ways where we bring all of our traditions into you know the holiday season there was um Speaking of alcohol, I don't know, I can make that transition for anything, but there's a, a Instagram, popular Instagram account, Preppy Kitchen, and he had a new book that came out fall and every video he would he came out was like, Oh my god, that recipe looks amazing. If I was like, I have to order this book, you sold you sold me. And I made the rum infused crinkle cookies from that book. It was like the first thing I made from the book. Um, and they were excellent. They came out really beautiful. There were a couple little things that he added into the recipe that I hadn't seen in other crinkle cookie recipes, and they really came out perfect. So that that might be another one that I, I recreate for the holidays. Those are such good tips. Carrie, do you have you ever made or do you like rum balls? I don't know what your stance on alcohol and dessert is. Yeah, I don't I've never had a rum ball. I I had this ice cream recently that has it's kind of boozy that I really enjoyed. My family, there's not a lot of like those kind of desserts in my family. My grandmother always made these um she called them peanut butter balls, but I think in the world they're more known as like a buckeye. Like oh, it's not yeah. like it's like a crunchy peanut butter center and then it's dipped in chocolate. We didn't make them into buckeyes. She would just dunk the whole thing in chocolate and she would store that my my family heritage is very danish and so my grandmother always had those like danish cookie tins so she would make the peanut butter balls and she would put them in the danish cookie tins and then she would hide them in her bedroom and then once me and my cousins because we knew that they would come out at some point but we didn't know where they were and then one year we like discovered them and we ate like half of them before christmas dinner and then she kind of was like she didn't care she was just like oh they they really love the cookies you didn't grow up with like the see I wonder if it's like a Jewish and or Italian thing because like we didn't have rum balls but special occasions were always marked by like chocolates filled with liqueur and especially like a cherry liqueur chocolate did you grow up Mm. with those Shannon, I don't know. There were always other alcohol desserts. Like a rum baba was like, we would get like a box of like Italian pastries always for Christmas at my cousin's house. And there would always be cannolis and cream puffs, Napoleons, and often like these rum soaked rum babas, which are, which I really, really love. So good. I think rum balls, like the little chocolate rum soaked balls, right? They're like truffles. Absolutely. I didn't grow up with those. But Buckeyes sound amazing too. Like every cookie we're talking about, I'm, I would be happy to eat right in this moment. Same, 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 same. So my one last fun question is, in the ranking of Jewish cookies, and Carrie, I think you will have had many of these, what is your ranking? 
top three Jewish cookies. I got to write it down. I got to write it down. Hold on a second. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. I, maybe this is a controversial choice. I don't know, but I'm going to say Hamantaschen number one. Okay. I think my Hamantaschen recipe is really quality. It's no, your Hamantaschen recipe is the best. It's the goat. It's what I send everyone. It's the best one. It's a little bit non-traditional. It's more of a cookie than people associate with Hamantaschen, but I think it's really good. So I'm going to go with Hamantaschen, black and white, Rugelach. Those are my, that was going to be my, my top three. And I'm going to say Rugelach in a loose way. I'm going to say cream cheese dough or Israeli style yeast to dough. Do you have your Christmas cookies? Yeah, I can go. So I think definitely those peanut butter balls are like, that's such a classic, you know, memory for me. And then sort of in that same vein, we used to get cookie boxes too. And I would always go for like the grasshopper bites, um, a chocolate and mint brownie or chocolate covered something like that. And then someone would always make like these popcorn balls. And I love like the texture, the sweet, the savory saltiness. Those are my favorites. Okay. My Jewish cookie ratings are number one, Rugelach, without a doubt, maybe a slight edge. What flavor? What flavor? I like a cream cheese dough and I like a berry preserve filling. I do either raspberry or marionberry. That's really, and I'll add chocolate to it sometimes. So sometimes I'll get chocolate and fruit. My second one, okay, can I count this as a Jewish cookie? The Those rainbow sprinkle cookies that you would get at delis. Do you know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, we call them bakery cookies. Yes, bakery cookies. Yeah. I'm calling them a Jewish cookie. They're not just Jewish, but they were for me because it's what the Jewish bakeries always had. And then this is what comes to me and it's not quite a cookie. So, but it is, I'm going to call it a cookie, which is matzah toffee. <laughs> Oh, interesting. I have had matzah toffee and that's delicious. Yeah, because it is like it's crunchy. There's a little bit of saltiness to it. I Yes, that is delicious. I love those. Tie it all together. I'm fairly certain. Now, Marcy Goldman is the one who really invented ma- matzah toffee. Um, and I would wager that she was inspired by what's called Christmas craft, yes. which is made with saltines, right? Which really makes sense. So if you see this amazing dessert made with saltines and toffee and chocolate and the nuts on top, I'm fairly certain that was the trajectory. So truly like a, a Jewish immigrant food, if there ever was one, you know, inspired by <laughs> Our Christian neighbors made with matzah. It's a Jewish food. I love that. What a great- That's also something I love about you too um, in reading your cookbook that you really also talk about your Italian Italian heritage. And it's fun. It's fun for someone who isn't Jewish and didn't grow up eating Jewish food. I love Jewish food. I love having a cookbook that's about Jewish comfort food. And then I just turn to a page and it's like spaghetti and meatballs. And it's like, that's also, I think what that Sonia and I share this, like there is space for all everybody's stuff here and we can all learn from each other and a lot of my coming to Korean food or like feeling like I can learn about Korean food actually came from Sonia because of a lot of the research that she did it's like it kind of invited me into that space and all of these overlaps we can all learn from each other and then take what we've learned back to like our heritage and create something new and I love that idea of like the world is a better place for those things (laughs) and the last thing I'll say about you Shannon to Carrie's point like I what I've always really admired in you and your work is this like here's who I am this is what I love if you don't like it that's if you don't like Christmas trees or or Christmas fine like I can be Jewish and I can embrace things that were part of my family and just the permission you give people you're always showing sides of yourself on your Instagram and in your writing that's like giving people permission to be who they are how they are imperfect all the ways and so yeah I 
completely agree with you, Carrie. There's this really lovely way of like making it so open to like combine our different influences and traditions because all that matters is like it's made with love and it tastes good. I also I think kind of that it's it important to see our commonalities. There's a lot of there's a lot of bad stuff in the world and it's very easy to feel divided. And I think if you love food and you feel connected to food and you can see the ways in which all of these different cuisines have influenced one another and all of the threads that are in common, in common, right? It's nice to feel a little closer than divided. And I think food does that. Well, thank you so much thank for making the time to talk to us about cookies, to inspire us. Everyone go run and get Shannon's book. We're going to link it in our show notes along with a bunch of the recipes we talked about today. We both thank you so much. Thank you thank guys you. for having me. So nice thank to meet you, Carrie. Sonia. <laughs> This is me hugging you and reaching through the screen and oh my God. Your face. Thanks for being our food friend. If you enjoyed our podcast, please subscribe, leave us a review, and share this episode with friends. We love hearing from you, so follow us on Instagram or drop us a line at foodfriendspodcast.com. Yes, we'd love to hear from you and your food friends. Happy cooking and eating. Oh